Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Caleb Bryant. Thanks for being on the show, Caleb. Thank you for having me, Whitney. Now, I'm, I'm honored to have you on the show. I've known you for a few years now. I think we met maybe the first Jake and Gino event. Is that right? I believe that's correct. Yes. <laughs> it's awesome. 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 Yeah. Yeah. It's been a few years and it's been great to see your progression and when we're still in here crushing, trying to make it happen, right? Trying to crush it anyway. Exactly. So Caleb began his real estate journey in 2014 after realizing that touring with, how do you say that? Metal Corp? No, Metal yeah. <laughs> Band. Was it going to pay the bills? That's funny. After a couple of years of studying, he began investing in real estate. Since then, he has invested in over 600 units worth of multifamily and single family real estate. And Caleb, I see you all over social media, just like me, and you're out there getting with it. You're looking at units, you're meeting people, you're making it happen. You know, I just appreciate just your drive as well. And tell the listeners though, a little bit more about just who you are and what your focus is right now. Yeah, sure. So again, like you said, I'm Caleb Bryant, originally from Blacksburg, Virginia. So where the Virginia Tech Hoagies play, but I didn't see real estate as my option for the future necessarily at first. When I graduated high school, I wanted to do something fun. So I toured around with a band, went all over the United States playing shows, but you don't make a lot of money doing that. At least we didn't make a lot of money doing that. So I needed to find something that made more sense. Real estate is kind of natural direction to go because a lot of people in my parents' network were involved in real estate investment in one way or another. So that's kind of where it all started back then. Nice. So what did you play in the band? Played bass because yeah. no one needs guitars. That's what everyone wants to be. So I played guitar first and everyone was like, we need a bassist. So I was like, oh, I'll try. <laughs> awesome. So you're in the band and you figured out it wasn't going to pay the bills. You got into real estate, but you said your parents were into real estate a little bit, or maybe the family was. And yeah. uh, what was your first venture into real estate? So my dad was involved in a couple land deals where he flipped land with a partner and he kind of got me involved in one of those. The first one was before I, I paid any attention or even knew what business was. But then he had another opportunity and he's like, hey man, check this out. And so it was a really good land flip. It was a situation where the buyer needed to get rid of it or was going to go to someone he didn't like or something like that. So dad was able to pick it up for a very, very cheap price and then basically resell it after cutting down a few trees for firewood for a significant profit. One of dad's friends and also the broker that brokered the deal, he ended up being my broker. So I got my real estate license, worked for him for a while, but he was an investor too. So while he had the broker hat, I learned a lot underneath him that has benefited me in the future. Nice. So I've heard of numerous people that will start as a realtor or a broker, some type selling real estate, and they learn a lot about the business and then move strictly to investor or buying their own deals and, and kind of like we're trying to do now. And so that transition though, you, know, you knew you didn't want to sell real estate forever, right? And so it happened immediately. As soon as I started showing people houses, I was like, whoa, I'm doing this wrong because I couldn't relate and this is a problem in real estate sales, I could not relate to the wife what she was looking for. I was looking for a deal. Like, can't sell a kitchen like, oh no, you, but you can do this, <laughs> you know? So I knew immediately, okay, I'm not supposed to be in retail sales. I'm supposed to find a way to invest in this. 
So that's where my mind started turning. And that's when I started looking into what is the best avenue or the best niche for real estate investing versus retail, though I did do a few sales as well. So tell me about that transition from there to you're looking at apartment communities now, correct? Yes. Go through that transition a little bit where you're at now. So you're looking to buy large apartment communities and not just everybody can just jump into that level. Yeah. So when I started, when I figured out very quickly that I needed to be an investor, I went to like bigger pockets and all the resources trying to figure out what niche I wanted to pick. And I knew didn't want like the first deal that I kind of watched from start to finish was that land flip. And I knew I didn't want something purely transactional like that. I wanted something that could bring cash flow too. Dad was also involved in developing a single family community. And that didn't bring cash flow either. It was, again, like as you sell the lots, you get chunks of cash. So I wanted to find something that was cash flow. I read McElroy's book, The ABCs of Real Estate. And that's what shifted me towards multifamily specifically. But that book, I guess, where catapulted me into networking and meeting the people that were doing this. So as far as getting to the point where I actually invested in real estate, the first deal I invested in was actually a syndication, but as a limited partner. Okay. And a lot of people get into the business that way. And is that something you recommend from your experience going in as a passive limited partner just to learn the apartment or multifamily business? Uh, maybe. And I'll say it worked really well for me because I went in wanting to learn more and to see how the sponsors interact with investors such as myself and how they market and how to read the OMs and the PPMs and all these documents that I had never seen before and understand them really well. So it was very cool to see how they go through and they do like a monthly newsletter and then like a quarterly report of all the financials and things like that. It was neat to see what type of communications they make because in the future, I was going to need to have that sort of communication with people and deals with me. So it was a good learning experience. And yeah, if you have the money to invest in that way, just make sure you got to make sure you trust your sponsors and you believe in the market and all that. But I don't think it's a bad way to start by any means. So give us, a, I guess, an update on what you're looking for now and what your business is doing, what the types of deals you're looking for. So we closed a 96 unit in January and we wanted to really ramp up after that. So we started looking for portfolios or smaller, like 400 to 500 unit portfolios. And we wanted the properties in those to be 100 plus. So we've been looking around for stuff like that in the Alabama markets or near, I guess the Southeast would be the best way to describe the markets we're looking at, like Atlanta, Birmingham, Huntsville, Chattanooga, and some other markets. So how do you look for a portfolio deal? You know, I don't hear many people say that they're looking for a portfolio deal. And how would that differ from just looking for the 100 unit apartment complex? Well, we go into it a couple ways. So I have been using Reonomy to try to find portfolios, which is a software for those that don't know. What was it the name of that again? Reonomy, R-E-O-N-O-M-Y. And it doesn't work very well in Alabama. And I think it's because of the way they input the data here because I have friends that have used it and they love it in other areas. But other than that, I've been using a tool they have on there where I can go build a list of apartment complexes that I am aware of and upload it and then get all the owner information. But then there's a button to see if they own other property. And it doesn't always work, but at least gives you an idea. But the best way is just to have good relationships with brokers and tell them exactly what you're looking for. 
So the partners that I am with, they've built these relationships for a long time with the brokers in the Alabama markets and some Georgia markets. And so they're able to communicate with them and tell them what they want. And then the brokers trust us then to be able to close that when the time comes. Nice. So I guess let's elaborate on that a little bit, just the broker relations. And it is, it's so important, but how you've managed to do that and just build those relationships with brokers. I don't even want to lie, man. So I'm better at relationships with investors. I'm not as good with relationships with brokers. And that's why I teamed up with investors that are good with those relationships because I get a little bit impatient, (laughs) which is probably the hardest part of this business for me is just slow down. It takes time. So I let them handle those conversations most of the time. I'll talk to a lot of the brokers here in Huntsville because that's the market I've planted myself in. But they're the ones who hold those relationships and they've been doing this since 2005. So these brokers, they know their names and I don't have to worry about that as much. That's nice. Oh, I mean, so that's a great way that you've taken care of that. What you're not good at, you're good at this other issue over here. And then you've, you've teamed up with somebody who has those skills. And it's funny because I like had a coach for a little while there and that was one of the tasks, like call X amount of brokers and follow up every two weeks. And I was like, man, this is hard for me. How do I get around this? Just team up with the right people. And I figured that out for most things that you're either bad at, just team up with someone that's good at it. I bring one set of skills and they bring a whole other set of a whole other set of skills. So it's been really good. Nice. So investor relations are really what you specialize in, correct? Yeah. And I think it goes back to the same principle of the wife in a real estate transaction. My mindset is aligned with other investors. So it's easier for me to have those conversations. It's more natural. And with a broker, they're a salesman. So I don't know how to approach it necessarily. Yeah. You're thinking like an investor, right? Yeah. You can have that conversation. You know what they're going to ask usually probably as well. How are you meeting investors now? A similar way to you, I'm sure I hit up a lot of conferences when I can, or uh, I guess they're networking events overall. Most people go there to learn or get education. I'm more there to meet people. And you get a lot of education just by talking to people that are on a higher level than you anyway. So I go to a lot of events like Ultimate Partnering in Boston or Best Ever Conference in Denver. And of course, we met at, I don't know what they call it now, but the Wheelbarrow Profits event back when it was called that. That's been huge. That's where a lot of my business has started from, at least. And then from there, social media has kind of added like a wave because all the people I'm connected with that have been to those conferences are also connected with me on social. But through the mutual connections that people see on social media, they're able to say, oh, that guy does stuff. He's also friends with so-and-so who does stuff. So I should probably send him a message. And so it kind of starts to generate its own, a whole new wheel when you plug it into social media. So do you mind elaborate on that a little bit? How you mentioned like plugging it into social media and and maybe some workflow there that a listener could add to their daily routine to help build their brand on social media or connect with more investors like you have. Yes. And it's not like a super difficult process by any means. I basically just tell people what I'm doing in this business. So it could be a simple picture at a closing. Hey, we closed the property. Or it might be a short Facebook live video that's been very successful where I just talk about what we did that day in a a particular apartment unit. Like, oh, we replaced the floors. Here's what it looks like. Maybe give a few tips or tricks that we have. But if you consistently do that, and that's the key, is if you consistently show them that you're in this business and you're working it, it builds a lot of credibility. 
So people see you as a force, I guess. An influencer might be the correct term. And there aren't a lot of people doing it in Alabama. So I kind of <laughs> I kind of got an advantage there as well. Yeah. And I think a key word that you mentioned there was consistent. You're being consistent. And people are consistently seeing you often that you're in this space, that you're looking at real estate. And even though they may not know that they want to invest in large multifamily deals, they still may come to you and they think they do. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens quite often. And I want to at least put this trick on there. I use bigger pockets a lot. So I don't do anything fancy. I just go on and I have a few keywords. So my keywords would be Birmingham, Huntsville, multifamily, apartments, things like that, that I want people that are searching for that to find me. And the way I do that is I go post on everybody's thread that uses those keywords or I'll do my own post that incorporates those keywords. That way, if someone's looking for that, they see it. And just by doing that, I've set up probably hundreds of appointments. And then there's been a lot of closed deals involved with that too, simply by getting on bigger pockets. And I don't do it like every day, but I'd say two or three times a week I'm on there. And that's enough to generate a lot of activity. So that's another good one. Great tip. Great tip. And I've heard numerous people talk about that. So listeners thinking about bigger pockets, you got to be on there. I'm not on there enough personally. So any other platforms that you recommend now that you're talking about social media, anything else that you utilize to really put yourself out there? Instagram, it, that one's, it's growing. But what I notice with Instagram is sometimes people don't even ask for your phone number anymore. They just ask for your Instagram username. So I'm like, okay, I should probably pay more attention. And since I started paying attention, I've grown it a lot, believe it or not. And I've generated a lot of, it's funny because I guess like Gary Vee would talk about it, but he DMs. I make a lot of money through DMs simply because people do it that way now, I guess. <laughs> I'm kind of like young old person, so it's almost new for me. Since I've started doing it, I've closed a lot of business, whether it be because I'll do single family deals here and there. I have a single family business partner here as well. And if it doesn't work for multifamily, I'm like, well, hey, have you ever thought about private money? Or have you ever thought about the Burr strategy or whatever it is? whatever it looks like fits their situation, I'm able to shift them over into a direction and we're still able to close some sort of deal. You say DM. I'm going to have you tell us what that is. A direct message or private message would be right. PM. I don't know. They call them all kinds of different things. <laughs> all listeners don't know what those acronyms mean. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But tell us how you've moved that. I know we've got like on a social media kick here, but how do you move that direct message to money, to making money? You've got to set up a call which is easier for me to do with investors. So when it's an investor hitting me up like, hey, I have money to invest, but I don't know what to do with whatever the situation is. I'm like, great, when can you talk next week? And then I get on the phone with them. Really where it all happens is on that phone call because you're able to build rapport. You're able to figure out what their situation is because a lot of times it's something personal and it'll come out on the phone call. And then you're able to help them through that personal situation and over into some sort of deal, whatever works for them. And sometimes I can't, like I personally can't help, but I know a lot of people. So I'm like, why don't you go call such and such? They'll treat you great. And they do that kind of deal all the time. So even when it doesn't work for me, then I get a call later from whoever it was saying, hey man, thanks for uh, connecting us. We just did a deal. And that's awesome too, because it all comes back eventually. Right. No, I appreciate you sharing that. And what's been the hardest part for you, Caleb, of just this, the multifamily journey, maybe from getting started to maybe even a recent deal that you all completed? It really is patience. 
I have a very like, I want to get it done personality. So with multifamily, it started with a lot of research and then a lot of networking and then a lot of team building. And then finally we bought that first deal. And then what do you know? You got to wait some more. Uh, So it's really taught me patience. That's the part that's been the hardest, but I think it's been a good thing. It's been growing me. So now as we're going in to try to attack these bigger deals, adjust because things happen. You want to refi in six months, but it takes eight months or whatever it is. You just have to be prepared and keep your mindset in a place where, okay, we found a problem. How do we solve it? And always be thinking to solve the problem and continue towards the goal. What's your key? I know you're big on mindset. What's your key for mindset and really just training your mind to think that way? It all started with thinking grow rich. And when I realized that I could be in control of my mind, I started putting better thoughts in there. So in the morning, I'll write my goals down. That helps you get in the right mindset to begin with. Like, what am I doing with my day? Like, where am I trying to go? That helps. And then uh, for me, it's just feeding myself with positivity. And the people in my circle help me with that as well. So when I'm feeling a little low, the people in my circle are always there for me and then vice versa. So keeping yourself around the right people is huge for that as well. Your key is helping investors, your investor relations. You're really good at that. What's the best advice you have for really caring for investors and how you stand out above other operators? I feel like it's just about giving them some time. A lot of people don't want to spend five minutes on a phone call, like a phone call that doesn't necessarily have a pure investing point. I do. Maybe it's just because I like to talk, but it's worked really well to my advantage. At networking events, the same thing. I don't want to just say, hi, here's my business card and then leave. I want to learn more about the person and see if there is some sort of benefit. And even if there isn't a benefit, at least give them the time of day to let them know that I actually care. It goes a long way. It goes a long way just to be patient on the phone too and just listen. So what's the number one thing that's contributed to your success, Go? I would say team. So networking or team, because the team came from the networking, but just align yourself with people that are great at things that you're not great at and then give them a benefit by being great at things they're not necessarily great at and you're going to do well. Awesome. And before we have to go, how do you like to give back? I like running and uh, a lot of times I'll raise money when I'm running. My favorite nonprofit support is Heart Support because they help people that are struggling with depression or anxiety, situations of abuse. As we talked about positive self-talk, these people struggle with negative self-talk or even suicidal thoughts. So that's one of the ones I definitely love to give to. Awesome. And Caleb, you know, thank you again. I appreciate your elaborating on especially the social media stuff and bigger pockets, how that's been so beneficial and telling us what DM stands for. (laughs) (laughs) You know, just appreciate you sharing and you have, you're growing and I can see it happening in your business and congratulations just to what you've accomplished and tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Well, definitely facebook.com slash relentless Caleb or Instagram's fine too at relentless investor. You can also email me if you really want to get in contact a normal way, Caleb at RelentlessCapitalGroup.com. Awesome. Thank you again, Caleb. I appreciate the listeners being with us today and every day. And I leave a rating and review. I hope you go to LifeBridge Capital and connect with me. And we will talk to each of you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com 
for free material and videos to further your success.